Welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike, and thank you for joining us today. We are going to start this episode by getting into an argument. (laughs) Mike, do you like pineapple on pizza? Wow. (laughs) You, You really had to go there. You really had to go there, didn't you? First of all, that's a fight waiting to happen. That's a... Oh, boy. I can't say it on on air. It's, um, oh, oh, oh. it's, it's bad. Okay. That is, um, it's a, tra- it's not even a, it's worse than a travesty. Pineapple uh-huh. on pizza, fruit on a pizza for an Italian is like, you've got to be kidding me. That's an abomination. Okay. Can we just, uh, let him be accursed. Puts, I, there you go. Pineapple on pizza. Okay. Well, happily we're on the same page on that one. Uh, well, of course I didn't know that was going to be so inflammatory, but. Oh man, that's the worst <laughs> That's like, that's the <laughs> to, worst. To a true Italian, that's a low blow, I think, in some ways. Well, if you've stuck with us this long, we are going to talk today on the podcast about conflict re- resolution. I was going to say conflict <laughs> revolution. That's not what you want. Conflict <laughs> resolution. Uh, and I was hoping that we might get into a disagreement there, but I should have known better. But let's say, Mike, that we were on our side of not liking pineapple on pizza, and we were talking to somebody who does like pineapple on pizza, mm-hmm. but obviously... In this instance, we're talking about real conflict, real problems, real heart level things that are cropping up between people. So we just want to tackle on the podcast today, uh, or at least maybe wade into some introductory ideas. What does Mm -hmm. the Bible say about conflict resolution? Mm -hmm. So let me pass it to you. Why don't you start us off and we'll kind of just see where the discussion goes. Okay. Thank you. So here's the thing. Let's get back to that pineapple on pizza thing, can we? First of all, my family... Many of them like it. Mm. Pineapple with pepperoni. Mm. Okay. I, I, you know, for me, it's like I'd rather have pepperoni with anchovies. Man. And I'm, I'm the only guy I know with, with, now that anchovies, everyone hates except for me. Yeah. I love anchovies. That's crazy that your family likes that. Oh, I know. A man's enemies will be in his own household. But to be completely <laughs> transparent, yes, I have eaten it with pineapple and mm. I don't spew it out of my mm-hmm, mouth or anything mm-hmm. like that. So. As have I. So anyway, let's get into this, um, the disagreement thing. Now, by the way, let's just first and foremost say that conflict is uncomfortable. Okay. I don't know many people that go looking for conflict and they're like, wow, I can't wait to have a fight with somebody. Okay. So if we can just, you know, acknowledge that first and foremost, I think what I want to do is, you know, we can go many places in scripture, but I want to go to three areas of conflict that Paul experienced and I think we can learn some things from that and see what we can glean from those maybe passages of scripture and just see where we go with that. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just, I'm just going to front load it with this. There's Acts 15 where there's a sharp disagreement regarding someone who deserted someone. Okay. Galatians two, there's a situation of correcting wrong doctrine. Mm-hmm. And then Romans 16 about avoiding those who cause division in the church. Mm. So I think there's maybe three and, and we can just see where we go with that. Yeah. But, and then uh, let's just dive in with Acts 15, yeah. uh, navigating disagreements. Okay. Now we can also say this oftentimes when there is a conflict, people have different versions of the story. You can have two people in the same room and I've done so much pastoral counseling and I've, I've had this happen over and over and over again. And one person will give their side of the story and then the other person will say, that's absolutely not true. And, and usually they don't 
you know, say, and by the way, let me be, let me be fair. And I understand how you could see it this way, but I see it somewhat differently. No, I've had people storm out of my office. I've had them using egregious language and actions towards one another. And people don't always agree, but it creates this disturbance internally, I think, in your heart, but externally in the relationship. And different versions of the same situation can exist. And there's this turbulence that happens. And so the one in, in, in Acts 15, it's an interesting one. And I, I will just bring out a couple of things about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is Paul and Barnabas. And this is uh, in Acts 15, 36 to 38. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Great idea. Verse 37. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark. Verse 38. But Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. So you've got this situation where they're having a difference of opinion. And I think the first thing I want to pull out is disagreement isn't a sin. Mm-hmm. No one is sinning at this point just because they have a different view of what they should do. Okay. So you can agree on an objective doctrine and disagree on subjective decisions. Mm-hmm. This is a subjective decision. It's not a doctrinal thing. So Barnabas wants to take John Mark and Paul's like, nope, bad idea. Okay. Remember he deserted us. <laughs> okay. So Barnabas wants something. Paul though keeps insisting that they, he shouldn't be with them. So there's this, there's the conflict. Mm-hmm. And I think what most Christians should do is be, be open to develop the capacity to agree to disagree. Because in verse 39, it says there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Mm-hmm. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. By the way, I've been to Cyprus, the island of Cyprus in the Mediterranean, and it's a, a beautiful island. And uh, that's where they went. They went to Cyprus. Paul also spent some time in Cyprus, but there's a sharp disagreement. Okay. Now, a lot of people will say, Paul was right. There is nowhere in scripture that we are being told, take sides here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Both men made decisions, but there was a sharp disagreement. Okay. That is a, is a rare and colorful word in scripture. It's used only twice in the old Testament, even in the Greek old Testament, Septuagint. It's furious, the furious anger of God. So they were upset with each other. Okay. And they didn't hate each other though. No. Okay. No. So I don't know. Do you remember the last time, just Connor, let me throw it to you for a minute. Do you remember the last time you had a disagreement with someone that was kind of like major? It wasn't about pineapple on pizza, but you had like a, do you have Um, those ever? Yeah. I have something in mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I think, you know, so I, I was thinking of two, um, just two aspects of the story that are interesting to me. One, you're talking about presumably really close friends here, right? Mm-hmm. Barnabas Barnabas played a huge role in having Paul welcomed in the church. They'd done a ton yeah. of ministry together. So it's not like these are just two guys who happen to be in the same room and they disagree. Like right. we're talking about good friends. Yes. And then second, we're talking about like a gospel kind of uh, question, you know, yes. not in the sense of what the gospel is, but they're both really wanting to have the ministry go forward. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of times that's maybe what believers care most about, you know, mm-hmm. how, how's the gospel going to go forward? And these are some of the biggest conflicts that can crop up in the church. Well, I think this ministry makes most sense. Oh, well, maybe we should do it this way. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm thinking of a situation, I'm thinking of a situation like that, where there was somebody who I'm close with and we had different, you know, ways of thinking about a certain issue. Uh, so, yeah. and I would say, you know, by God's grace, I think the conflict has, or that this particular thing I'm thinking of didn't damage the relationship at all. 
and probably brought us to even a closer place where we know that we can disagree, Mm -hmm. but still be walking together, you know, forward for the Lord. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about that. Praise God for that. Yeah. What's interesting is what we don't often think about is how many other people were affected by this? Like who else heard is, was this in a closed room? And you think of Paul and Barnabas, other people were affected. Uh They're just almost guaranteed in the, in the setting that they would have been in. Yep. And the other thing I always think is how many sleepless nights, you know, because, you know, think about the sleepless nights that all of us have experienced because of disagreement with people. And we're to make every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Ephesians 4, 3. We're to be quick to quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Right. So let's just say disagreement is not a sin. Obviously, you need to agree to disagree at times. But the, the interesting thing here, and, and you brought it out, it was a gospel thing. Right. Well, God can use disagreement to further the gospel. How so? Well, the sharp disagreement happened. All right. And it says that Barnabas took Mark with him in sales to Cyprus. And the last we hear of Barnabas in Acts is this. Is this, right. Okay. That's it. This doesn't mean he fell off the edge of the earth. It just meant, okay, Luke is, the Spirit of God is having Luke trace the progress of the gospel through Paul. So then verse 40 tells us Paul chooses Silas and leaves. Okay. Silas is the perfect teammate. He could preach and teach. It's great. Okay. Um, as a Jew, he'd have access to the synagogues. As a Roman citizen, same benefits and protection as Paul. This is, it was just perfect. So they're commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. It doesn't mean that Barnabas and Mark were uncommended, okay? Mm-hmm. And so the idea is that you, what, what, what we could surmise from this is Cyprus got the gospel, right? Through right. Barnabas and Mark. And, and then the rest of these places got the gospel through Paul and Silas. Praise God. And I think they, I would say they, they navigated the disagreement in a godly way. It multiplied ministry. Okay, we see this as a huge negative. Oh, you know, uh, look at they had this big fight. No, wait, wait, wait. The gospel went out, and we don't see any other mention of them. It's not like Paul, you know, saying to Silas, "Now that Barnabas, mm, he's, <laughs> so glad I'm rid of him." He's you know? out. Yeah. No, we're not yep. seeing that. So he's, I think we, it's safe to surmise that we that they took the high road. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Let's throw another one into the mix. Galatians two eleven to fourteen, and this is an idea of doctrinal error that caused conflict, and this obviously happens in churches. And this is not a subjective leadership decision like the one we saw before. This is correcting wrong doctrine. Okay. And what happens is Paul opposes Peter to his face because he's guilty of of a doctrinal error and he's actually stood condemned. In fact, you want to read, do you have that up? I was, I was getting there. Sorry. Okay, you want to read it for yeah, us? Yeah. Let me do okay. that. Um, tell me again. Oh, here we go. Okay, verse so 11. Verse 11. Yeah, right. Uh, but when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned for before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Man. so this is clear. This is Hard like hitting. wrong doctrine, and this is gives an idea of how... So there's a conflict, and how do you, how do you deal with that? Not being afraid to create... Another conflict, right? right? In a sense. Okay, so he opposes him to his face. Um, <laughs> he basically blames him and says, you are guilty of error. Okay? 
That's what happened. And Peter was guilty of sin because he aligned himself with men he knew to be in error and the harm and confusion that he caused to Gentile brethren. So Peter's condemned either by his contradictory actions or his conscience, either one, okay? So here's what happens. Peter and Barnabas had caved into pressure from a group they believed to be, uh, that, that they, that had, that believed that you had to be circumcised to be a Christian, hmm. okay? And so they, they um, I don't know, if, we don't know why Peter did this. Was he afraid of losing popularity? Uh, with the legalizers, we don't know, Judaizers, um, but it says that he played the hypocrite, okay? So that's the idea of acting, wearing a mask, okay? So he wasn't being straightforward about the gospel, about the truth of the gospel. Okay, so what happens? And I think this will give us, um, you can call it four godly responses to conflict if you want, hmm. okay? I can, you can do this in ministry, I think your marriage, and even out in the marketplace, okay? Uh, and marriage and family. So first clarify the issue. That's what he did. He got to the point. Is it biblical? Is it ethical? Is it philosophical? Is it personal? It was biblical. Hmm. Okay, clarify the issue. Secondly, trust God for the wisdom. He did something. He he, he made a choice, okay? And, and we have to say it was a wise choice because mm-hmm. it helped the church. Mm-hmm. So what he did, thirdly, is corrected the error. So you, have to, you have to talk it out. You have to bring it up. And um, it doesn't mean you gossip or slander or air it out with other people. It means you go straight to the person. He opposed him to his face. Peter was in the wrong. Paul didn't go around and talk about Peter. Paul went and talked to Peter. So there's that. And then I would say the fourth thing that we see here is they settled it peacefully in light of the gospel. Hmm. Because, again, you don't see any kind of um, ongoing issue. What you see, I think, is Paul rebuked Peter one of the most decisive statements in the New Testament on uh, the necessity of the doctrine of justification by grace through faith. Mm-hmm. And that Peter apparently repents, acknowledges his submission to the word. Yep. How do we know that? Because yep. of everything he said in First and Second Peter, okay? Mm-hmm. Beyond the fact that he just keeps, you know, um, uh, operating in a, in a good way in the church. Hmm. Does that sound good? What yeah. do you think about that? No, I'm with you on that. What I do you just, think about that? Paul's directness, you know, to someone who is kind of the almost apostle apostles, you know, as the one who was, yeah, yeah, I guess just the leader of the early church in Jerusalem. Well, James, actually the brother of Jesus ends up doing that, but Jesus preaching at Pentecost before Paul's even converted. But Mm -hmm. here Paul is, you know, unafraid to, to jump in. So yeah, I think that for us, you know, the encouragement is there are times after prayer, after, you know, I guess even consideration and getting counsel when if you see that somebody's stepping outside of the bounds of the gospel, Mm -hmm. no matter what the relationship is or even how much esteem you have for that person, the right thing to do is to, to step in and humbly address that. Yeah. Yeah. So interestingly about this one, this is right in line with what Paul told Titus in Titus one nine. He says that the, the elder must hold firmly to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Hmm. So Paul is able to speak, you know, from his own experience yep. of that. Right. And I'm also, I just had this thought too, and you can tell me what you think about this, Mike. And at some level, the most young believer could could be put in a position where they have to step in and cor- correct or try to, try to correct a much older believer who's been walking with the Lord for a longer time. Mm-hmm. I think we can grant that, but probably more commonly, if there's somebody who's been walking with the Lord for 
a longer time and has a kind of, you know, deep experience of, of knowing him like Peter, probably somebody who also has walked with the Lord and had that deep experience sh- should be the one to come in and say something. Mm-hmm. And Paul does this after he's talked about in Galatians. I went up to this place for 14 years and I was just growing in the grace of God all that time. So this isn't, you know, this isn't a call for all of us to kind of have happy trigger fingers mm-hmm. that we just want to take a shot at anybody, you know, right. k- kind of uh, irregardless of our own maturity. So yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because, um, you know, the proverb that says like apples of gold and settings of silver is a word spoken in, you know, fitting circumstance or the right circumstance mm-hmm. that we're not always the one to, to, to speak. And I think if we could, if we could hold ourselves back sometimes from speaking, there was a situation even recently where I thought I might need to say something to someone and someone else brought the same situation to me and that they were dealing with as well. And I didn't know that they were dealing with the same situation. Hmm. And they said, please pray for me because I'm, I'm dealing with the situation. This is an elder level kind of thing. This is not gossipy kind of things. This is caring for the flock. And I said, you know, I wondered if I should say something. And my friend said, I don't think it's necessary at all in the setting. I think these other two people are in, involved with it. I think you're right. You don't need to say anything. Because I had said, I haven't said anything. It hasn't felt right. And partly to honor the person and partly to just uh, you know, be respectful of them and where they're at in their life right mm-hmm. now. And so, yeah, I think that's a really good thing is making sure that we're not trigger happy when mm-hmm. it comes to things like this. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've said this many times, and I, I don't know, it's my rule, that if I can't wait to set someone straight, I shouldn't do it at all. Yep. But that if I am almost dreading doing it, I probably need to you know, mm-hmm. put on my big boy pants and, and have the conversation. That's Yeah, that's so, so good. That's we have one more place I want to take us, and it's Romans 16. And let me read these verses. It's 17 to 20. And it's about those causing division in the church. So this is another one of those kind of clear-cut ones. Paul tells the Romans near the end of his letter, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you've been taught avoid them so that was romans 16 verse 17 but he goes on and he and he describes the people doing he says for such persons do not serve our lord christ but their own appetites and by smooth talk and flattery they deceive the hearts of the naive he goes on and says for your obedience is known to all so that i rejoice over you but i want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil And then he says in verse 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you in the sense that, you know, Satan's behind this. Mm -hmm. But I think there's this warning here. You know, you have to be watchful. You have to not, you know, be careless and and realize that there's a friend of mine whose whose son got into a really bad car accident recently. And there was nothing he could do to to avoid this. A, A drunk driver plowed through an intersection and uh, he's okay but he's he's hurt okay but he's alive and, and the other three people in the car are okay and but they're all banged up a bit mm. and my friend said to me he said you know uh, there's nothing my son could do I said you're right but there was something that drunk driver could have done <laughs> mm. and they didn't do it but like sometimes something will just come out of nowhere and hit you right you've got to be aware what Paul is saying is watch out for it. Interesting, the Greek word he's using is uh, where we get our word scope. It's scopeo. (laughs) 
the idea of telescope or microscope, you know, and the idea is examine and scrutinize very carefully those that are causing divisions in the church. Like, be aware of it. That create the division and the, literally, like, we get the idea of a dichotomy. So it's a standing apart from one another. It's creating people to separate, creating obstacles even, okay, barriers, hindrances to, that's a scandal. Scandal on is a stumbling block for for Christians. Hmm. And so the idea is those who are causing dissension and scandal are to be are to be watched very carefully. Interesting, you're not supposed to go tackle them. Just watch them, okay? Watch out for them. But then he says, avoid them. So stay away from them. And that's an interesting one because sometimes we don't want to do that. Um, all I can tell you is Paul's saying, hey, look, they don't serve Jesus. They're serving themselves. Yep. So be careful. Avoid the divisive people. And the assurance is God's going to crush the deceiver. God yep. is going to crush the deceiver. But how do you deal with that? How do you deal with divisive people in the church? I will bring out several things here. Number one, examine yourself. So if you're going to watch someone else, you got to be sober-minded and examine your own heart. All right? Let the scalpel of the Word of God do the surgery on your heart before you start looking at everybody else. That's an, that's an easy one, right? Secondly, uh, refuse to participate in division and cause a stumbling because I'm sure there'll be people who are going to come up and try to, to draw you into that. So many times, I don't know how many times I have had a situation where someone will say, well, so-and-so said this about so-and-so. I'm like, well, do you believe that? Well, I kind of am with them on that. Oh, so you didn't shut it down. So many times, so much division in the church would be shut down if the person who received it first would say, that's not appropriate. We shouldn't be doing this. Hmm. Let's pray for them instead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So refuse to participate in division. And third, be obedient to what you've been taught. You notice he says they're not in line with the doctrine we've been taught. Well, you be obedient to it. And then I think correct with gentleness those who attempt to divide. You know, if necessary, you need to correct with gentleness and then pray for them. Hmm. So I don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, no, I, I like the, the things that you brought out. I just think in terms of the examining yourself, I, th- I wonder if it's the case that most people who are the most divisive are not aware, you know, of the of the work that they're doing to divide the church. So there's a call for humility there. You know, if you find yourself constantly kind of running against the grain of what's going on, you know, sometimes the most kind of almost, if you want to say, theologically minded people might fall into that trap of kind of always needing to offer their thoughts, always needing to get their word in or, or whatever, something like that. So, mm-hmm. and then I think, um, well, yeah, no, I think, I think that's all I would say about that. It's a helpful okay. section though. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we close it off, I've got a couple thoughts that might help, you know, you and I, as we navigate the rest of today, but also, uh, and hopefully pizza and pineapple mm-hmm. won't be the mm-hmm. issue. Um, but issues are bound to come up listeners at all times in, in, you know, in, in all ways. Uh, what can we keep in mind? First of all, divisive people can repent. I've seen it happen. I've repented of being divisive. But give people opportunity to repent. Don't just, you know, label them and mark them forever. Um, there's so many, I don't know, there's so many reminders of our own depravity every day that I think we don't need to be the ones that are saying this person can never change. Hmm. You know, I think just give people opportunity to repent. And then I guess the other thing I'd say about conflict is, this might sound funny to you, but deal with it or it will deal with you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sin's going to break out. Yep. So either you get ahead of it or, or play catch Or it's up. coming to bite you. Yeah, <laughs> right. absolutely. That's so, so good. Can I jump in with a few uh, final thoughts too? And I think we can bring this one in for a landing. 
just the things that I'm thinking about are number one, and this is this is what jumped out to me as well from this Romans passage. You know, he says that they don't serve our Lord Christ, but their mm-hmm. own appetites. Mm-hmm. And every time yeah. that we get more excited about our own glory than Christ's glory, that's when we're in trouble. You know, mm-hmm. and you could think of almost any conflict that you end up in the middle of, and you go, "Why am I so frustrated right now?" And uh, probably it's because in some way your own glory, you know, is being attacked or what you want is being, you know, shut down or whatever. So, so I think again, just the call to humility and that goes right in line with, you know, um, just this idea of, I I love the way that Paul talks in first Corinthians of wouldn't, wouldn't you rather be wronged? You know, like if there's some conflict, wouldn't you rather be humble enough to just take the hit and Mm -hmm. not, and not kind of stand up for yourself to create division. Yeah. So just, I, I think that's a helpful one. Is my glory being robbed or is God's glory being robbed mm-hmm. in this situation? And then only other idea would be um, just that God can, you know, even through big conflicts, bring people back into great fellowship and friendship. And just the two first examples yeah. we talked about from Acts and then mm-hmm. and then from uh, Galatians. At the end of Second Timothy, you have Paul, you know, asking for Mark because mm-hmm. he finds that, oh, Mark's helpful to me. You know, can you send yeah. him? So you have this thing come full circle after the division. It's like, wow, Paul now wants Mark. And then at the end of Second Peter, as, as Peter's writing, he talks about Paul as his beloved brother. So yeah. here's this guy who called him out publicly, uh-huh. probably bruised his ego. But in the end, he says, Paul's a beloved brother. And I, right. I love that guy. That's so right. that's encouraging when you think about, oh, I have a conflict with so-and-so. Well, mm-hmm. God can bring it to a place where there's a lot of love. Yeah, and it all comes back to the Lordship of Christ. It's like our glorious Lord Jesus Christ is the glue that holds us together. He's our perfect treasure, right? He, and His Word is our unchanging compass. So it's like with that, you can reconcile easily. Yeah. You can find it easy to reconcile right. when if, Jesus right. is your glorious treasure. If everybody's on the same yeah. page there, the rest is just rock and roll. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate that you that you listen and hope that you are encouraged. Uh, this this uh, episode came as a result of somebody emailing saying, hey, I'd love if you tackle uh, this topic so you can email anytime uh, grace at graceorange.org. Uh, GBI is another thing that we want to mention, and that is just to say also that we have uh, last year, I think, Mike, was it in February or maybe October? Now I'm forgetting. November. November. Thank you. We did a GBI on biblical conflict resolution. Yes. So if you want to kind of pull that up, it's on the website. That would be helpful as well. But uh, until next time, we love you and we're praying for you. We hope that you are uh, enjoying the Lord and living for him. God bless you and have a great day. <laughs>